Bravery is a skill, not a personality trait, and it is the fastest, most powerful skill to creating the career and life you really want. I'm Nicole Trick-Steinbach, the International Bravery Coach and your host. I'm a former global senior director in the tech industry who's worked in over 25 countries. I'm now a certified and proven coach serving professional women like you all over the world. My promise is that you will stress less, work less, and then earn more. The Celebrate Brave podcast is for you. So make sure you subscribe for weekly brave inspiration, including proven frameworks for career and life success, my answers to your listener questions, and powerful conversations with my clients and other brave leaders. You are already brave. You can define what brave means for you and your goals and build your brave. In fact, you're already in the right place. So let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. And I have got for you a very special guest. So I'm going to first read her formal bio. And then we're going to talk and you're going to get to hear some experiences that Heather and I have had together. So Heather C. Marcham is an engineer, assistive technology professional, public speaker, competitive para surfer. That's on a surfboard in case anybody's wondering. Educator, American with Disabilities Act, architectural barriers specialist a golfer, and an award-winning international photographer. Like, does everyone else have chills as well? Her company, Making Waves for Good, launched in 2018 as an umbrella for a variety of ventures, including publishing and photographic projects, and to help companies solve disability access problems they didn't know they had. Heather has helped me with that. So it's not just staying within the Americans with Disabilities Act code, but looking beyond it to make the world more accessible and usable for all. Heather currently lives in Phoenix, Arizona, with her super snuggly, and I'm going to add attitude-ridden, Maine Coon <laughs> cat. <laughs> Welcome, Heather. <laughs> oh, Nicole, thank you so much. So what I want to add to your bio is that you actually okay. are, we have friends in common. One of them is Erica Tamburo. I will put the link to her podcast episode on here. And the first time we talked about having you on the podcast was around the time that Erica's podcast episode went live. It was a while ago. Yes. A while ago. (laughs) And at the time it wasn't quite the right time, but now 1 million percent is the right time because you are an author now as well. Your book has come out. I am and when erica was on your podcast and we talked my book was actually not the book that you have it was a completely different book it was a book of rando stories that had the through line of think provision mm-hmm. but didn't have the gut and the feeling and the raw and the gross. Yeah. And I can't believe I just told people that, (laughs) that this book is, and it wasn't the right time. I needed to do a lot of work Mm -hmm. and I did a lot of work to, to completely rewrite the book. And I rewrote it in a fairly short amount of time. Yes. Um, But you were a catalyst for that. Okay. Dear listener, I'm just going to let you know that I am going to tear up in this conversation because being a part of this process has been incredible, but I'm not going to make you hang because the title of the book, so you can tippity tap your way right on over to your favorite bookseller is rough 
waters from surviving to thriving with a progressive muscular dystrophy. And it's by, again, Heather C. Markham, and the links are in the show notes. If you don't want it to be tap tap, you just want to scroll once and click on the link. It's there as well. So yes, I read a few earlier chapters. I pre-ordered the book as soon as it came out because I, I had met you and I had read a few chapters and I thought, oh my goodness, I just want to know it all. But I also just adore being in community with you. And then it, I got, I was actually in Germany when it came out. So it hit my Kindle app and I started reading it in Italy and I finished it in Croatia. So your book has been all over the place. I was just blown away by the first two chapters because they're completely different. And it's the Heather, I enjoyed your essays that I got to read the first few chapters. I enjoyed them. And these were like being in conversation with you. It was a complete up level four, five, six times more Heather. I laughed. I cried. I read out loud to my children passages. And I even took one of your exercises and did it for myself. No. Yes. It's an incredible book. I, for listeners, like, I, I know Heather, you're, and I really want you to talk about what a progressive muscular dystrophy is. And this book is about surviving into thriving. And it leaves you, I'm just going to say for me, it leaves me on a cliffhanger. When is the next version coming out? But anyways, and (laughs) I want more, I want more. And for me, it is about how life is never what we expect. It is always Mm. quote unquote worse. And it is always quote unquote better. And we get to decide in every single moment. Thank you. The book has meant different things to different people. Yeah. People have gotten different things out of it. And I am honored by knowing that. So thank you for sharing how deeply you were moved by the book and that you would share it with even your children means, oh my gosh, a ton to me. Thank you. Yes, because we were talking about Croatia and going snorkeling, which is without a surfboard and still scary. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be reading the chapter where you were and you were surfing. You had gotten mm-hmm. a special board made and there were some challenges, but you kept going and you faced some disappointment to your point of the story being, I mean, there were times when I really, as the international bravery coach who's worked with you a little bit on the whole thing of bravery. I gasped, I'm like, she put that in the world? I can be more brave, right? Right, the things I told people, like I couldn't believe the things I told people. There's a photo in the book mm-hmm. where, I mean, and, and there was a lot of discussion about were we gonna put photos in the book? Where were the photos gonna go? What were they gonna be of? And there's a photo in the book of me with a friend when I was going flat mm-hmm. on yeah. one side after my mastectomy. Yes. And I have to tell you that my originally after my mastectomy, I considered myself a monster too ugly to be seen out in public. Yeah. That I couldn't go out because I was too horrid, horrible to, to look at. And it was months before I recovered yeah. from that feeling. And yeah. I struggled with putting a filler on that side. And, and I recount all of that in the book, but I chose a photo of me with a girlfriend and me going flat on one side with no prosthetic. Yeah. And my editors were like, whoa, this is so deeply personal. Are yes. you sure? that you want to include this photo. And I said, I talked about it in the book. Yeah. Yeah. People, you guys are telling me that this story and my recounting of what happened to me and what I had to go through 
will help people. Right. And if my raw vulnerability is is helpful, I need to include the pictures of what real actually looks like. That's right. And, and raise that bitch up. Excuse my language, <laughs> but we're raising know. that bitch up. <laughs> raise that bitch up. Heather, what's so incredible. So just for everyone listening who has not yet stress on the word yet, y'all read this book. Heather <clears throat> is diagnosed with breast cancer and has one breast removed. So we're discussing that afterwards yes. and the picture spoiler and this is what I experience a lot of times in my own life when I'm braving that bitch up and my clients and other people <laughs> is it is deeply brave and some of the people around us who are deeply involved in our careers or our parenting or our marriages or our friends give us protective loving advice and then we do it anyways because we've chosen to do it and then people who are in that second circle, third circle, fourth circle, and beyond, look at that and say, Heather, until I read the caption, I did not realize you were flat on one side because you look so happy and so loved mm -hmm. and your friend's arm is around you and you have this beautiful dress with a V neck on, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it- yep. And until I read the caption, I was like, what? And I had to go back up and look at it. And then I was like, wow. Wow. So well done. Thank you. Mm, incredible. So before I read the part that impacted me midterm, because it's been a couple of weeks since I finished your book. I would just love for you to set a little bit of education for all of my audience members all over the world on what exactly a progressive muscular dystrophy is and how that's impacted your life. Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm. Uh, muscular dystrophy is a known quantity. ALS mm. is a muscular dystrophy. Mm -hmm. Duchenne is a muscular dystrophy. As a group, muscular dystrophies are neuromuscular wasting diseases, and they are all progressive, okay? The, the easiest way to explain progressive is aging. Mm, okay. Yes. Right? You're a little bit older now. Your knees hurt when you run, right? Because your body is progressively degenerating, although really slowly but just because you're aging. Mm -hmm. I have a rare subtype within a group of rare subtypes. <laughs> of course you do, Heather. Of, of course, course you I do, do right? <laughs> Excuse me. So the group that, the subgroup that I fall in is called limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And what that means is that the muscles that girdle up my limbs, so follow that one, mm -hmm. my shoulders, and my hips, those muscles are getting weaker progressively, okay? And the subtype that I have, which wasn't identified until the late, the mid to late aughts, okay. like that, 2006. <laughs> I don't even Who know how you, how you identify that anymore. What the doctors told me was, and they found this out because my DNA is in France by the way. That's pretty Twice. cool. My DNA has gone to France. All right. I'm like, and the first sample was so corrupted. They were like, well, we don't know. And I'm like, do they need a direct draw? Cause I could go to Marseille. I'd be yes. totally happy to bite that bullet and go to Marseille, France. And then they could do a direct draw and would be fine. They kiboshed that idea, but it was a great, uh, I thought, it was I thought great... that was a great idea. You know, might still want to do it. I want to do it. But so the doctors are saying that my genetics show that my body does not make a protein mm -hmm. that band-aids the muscle when it gets torn. Mm -hmm. Okay. The bodybuilders and everyone else all hears in order to build a muscle, you tear a muscle. That's right. In my instance, every muscle that has ever been torn in my body has, has remained torn. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm 55, but I move in some instances way worse than my neighbor who's 85 and across the green space from me. Mm-hmm. Because when she tore a muscle, her body repaired it. But when I've torn a muscle, it stays torn. Yes. The, that means that I need to support my arms in order to reach my face. Mm-hmm. It means that when I use my standing frame, I have to literally be strapped to my wheelchair because I don't have the abdominal muscle strength to stay upright. Mm-hmm. And there are all of these weird little things. Yeah. And here's the here's the kicker, Nicole, that isn't really even in the book. Here's the stuff. Are you ready for this? Yes. My genetics aren't typical of of the type of muscular dystrophy that I have, there's an extra genetic flip. And so when I talked to the foundation who's responsible for getting the testing done and keeping out everybody all organized, they said, so we think that your limb girdle subtype 2B might be secondary to something we don't know how to test for yet. This might not actually be your primary thing. And I was like, what <laughs> what you mean wait so so you're trying to tell me that the thing which is completely upending my life and making me rearrange how I do things on a daily basis might not be my biggest problem like there might be another thing in here and they're like yeah sorry So what just went through my head, Heather, is everywhere you go, every element of who you are down to your literal DNA challenges, deepens, and expands what we currently understand. Mm -hmm. That is a lovely way to put that. Thank you. You're welcome. From one revolutionary to another. (laughs) It's just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then I found it really fascinating that so my hands are going to, I don't, I'm unable to make a fist anymore. My thumbs don't bend. I can't physically control the bend of my thumbs. Although the joints work. Okay. Okay. So does that make sense? Mm. So put your index finger and your thumb point to point together, together, like you're making a circle. Got it. Yep. Okay. Now see that when you do that, your thumb joint bent. Yes. Yeah. In okay. two places. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, if you choose to hold your fingertips together very gently, bend yeah. your thumb. Yeah. Ballistically bend your thumb, right? I don't have that bend, uh, but, but I can, I can physically push on the tip of my thumb to get the joint to bend. Right. Okay. Okay. So, oh, that's so interesting. I can create the movement, but I can't activate the movement. Understood. Oh, that's interesting. So, so that not that strange? So it turns out that that is actually called Miyoshi distal myopathy. It has the same genetic profile, but it was found in Japan the year I was born. I know. I know. You are a the- wonder. You are I just a wonder. That. Well, that's a, still a lovely way to put it. I tend to think of you know, sometimes I feel more like an effed up hot mess, but I'll take wonder. <laughs> which I, so, which I think is one of the unexpected elements of knowing you and reading your book is that it's being in community with you is a weaving back and forth and reading your book is a weaving from, this is a hot fucking mess and this sucks, and I want to set everything on fire and quit, and I do the impossible, and I will let you know when it's complete and how you can support me getting there. Love kisses. (laughs) Both, you know, it's like, I decide that it's possible, so I'll let you know. Yeah, incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that with me, and there will be links in the show notes as well for everyone who wants to learn more about or is experiencing this. And Heather, I'll just reach out to you as well and see if there's anything that we need to add. Awesome. Thank you. So 
if I may, may I read a section of your book? I'm so fascinated by it. Yes, please. I'm because I've never had anyone read my book back to me. Oh, I'm so excited. So I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Okay. So this is the part that midterm has really, I've really carried this forward. There are many beautiful sections in the book, the overarching message and experience we've shared, but this is the part where I took this into my life and I turned it into my own. Okay. From chapter 30, within my viewpoint, the best titled chapter, because of how I know you, it's called running my mouth. (laughs) I need to set the scene just a little bit. So we are talking to Miss Wheelchair Kentucky 2013. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're talking in this scene, it's still the competition. So spoiler. All right. (laughs) And you're in the finalist round and you are given this pretty short term turnaround to write down five words that describe you, yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to answer two questions. Okay. Focus on the five words. So here's what I would love to read. So quote starts now. With 50 people in attendance and a small hotel bell, hotel ballroom, we talked about our five words. I was handed the microphone and I planted my right elbow on the wheelchair's armrest to steady it. Bending slightly sideways so that I spoke directly into it, I read each of my words aloud. Advocate. Creative. Compassionate adventurous, and loved. And I elaborated on each one the best I could using what I'd written on the note cards while sitting in the lobby, except that I didn't elaborate on loved. It was the card I hadn't had time to get to, and now words escaped me. My ad-living brain froze, so I just let it sit. I saw people in the room shift in their chairs, and I heard the woman behind me on their wheelchairs moving also, so I was sure the last word rankled some people. Maybe it was seen as too bold, too brash, or narcissistic. Everyone is loved. How dare I include it? But I didn't mean beloved, as in everyone thinks I am amazing. I meant that I know I was loved by God, and I was also loved and supported by my family and friends. It is their fierce love that holds me up and lets me boldly put myself out there and reach for my most impossible dreams. End quote. Wow. I have read that to two other people talk to my children about it. And every time I read it, it is just so how many of us have not felt loved or have not claimed it. Remarkable. The person that I am, I took your challenge that you didn't issue and I met it. (laughs) Awesome. And I had five, far more than 30 minutes to think about it. And I really, I consider that I'm still working on this. Like this is still in flight for me. And these are the five that I currently have. Bold, resilient, brave, loved, and warm. Mm. Those suit you. Oh, thank you, Heather. When you hear me reading that back to you, like what is coming up for you? What's happening when you hear those amazing words, your words? I remember that. When you read it back to me, I'm shifted and I'm transported back into the scene. And we had had to put our five words down on our application. No one had made me elaborate on them before. So I knew my five words. It was a matter of, could I 
figure out how to speak on them within that 30 minutes. And last minute, Lucy. Okay, that's just me. I'm last minute, Lucy. A lot, a lot of time. And I've had, I've had weeks to work out the defining moment, you know, that, but I know last minute was just last minute was seeing it in the hotel ballroom, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. I hold on to loved, fiercely loved because I've had dark moments that I talk about in the book and darker moments since then. Yeah. And I, it's knowing that I'm loved that helps me hold on. And I am overwhelmed and surprisingly loved by my fiance. Yeah. Okay. This is not part of the book. The reality is I'm not surprised that my fiance loves me. Okay. That's kind of his job. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Otherwise he wouldn't, otherwise he wouldn't be my fiance. Right. That's correct. (laughs) I am. When I'm struggling and he lives an hour from here. So I don't see him. I don't see him all the time. Mm-hmm. We are in constant communication though. Yeah. And he will say to me, I love you so fiercely. Go do your thing. And he will, you know, I did a, I did a clothing check with him this morning and he's like, you look awesome. Go get him. And you do look oh, awesome. Do think, the purple is just, I, the, the, okay. So for listeners, the hair is purple. It fades down <laughs> darker. So it's like the opposite of what's it called when it, it's darkening as it goes down. You have these fantastic right. cat eye glasses on that are brown, different shades. It looks like brown from here. And then you Step. have glowing skin. Get out of here. So beautiful. And a beautiful top. Like you just are, you just look so beautiful. Anyways, so yes, you look fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Beyonce was Thank correct. You. <laughs> you know, and and it's the knowing I'm fiercely loved still. You know, I'm still courageous. I'm still an advocate. I'm walking that fine line between holding someone's hand and kicking them in the butt. Yeah. yeah. That's a really fine line. Yeah. And trying to do it with businesses is a very fine line. Yes. You know, but I've become so weak that I'm unable to surf alone anymore. Mm, okay. Which is discouraging and saddening and all of those things that are in. Although I can still surf tandem. Mm-hmm. And tandem surfing talked about in the book. Yes. Um, I actually went on in 2018 to compete solo. Oh, I got cool. strong enough. See, I'm telling you, I'm um, just saying the second book is there. <laughs> the second book coming. And by the way, fiance and I are writing our story because he's also my high school boyfriend. He is your high school yeah first love boyfriend we went to a dance together in 1984 Aww. and there are photograph there's photographic evidence of that oh I can't um, wait for the hairstyle okay mm-hmm. okay so yeah <laughs> so five so the five words and I think that the doing that five word exercise the challenge that I didn't throw down that you took up anyway yes. that sort of introspection is something that you inspire with all of your people and you've kicked them all in the butt and hold their hands at the same time doing your international brave re-coach thing that you do thank you thank you yes the bold and the warm in balance is an ever ever developing process i did not read the acknowledgments of your book until this morning you had sent me an email that had gone to spam and then I had to give my email program because y'all listen, I was in tech for too long. I got the security up the wazoo, give it permission, downloaded your bio, wrote all these notes, loved it. And then I was like, oh, maybe she wants me to read the screenshot. So I opened it 
and I saw your thank you. And I didn't ask for permission in advance, but may I share a little bit about our story? Yes. A little bit more. You actually were interested in working with me. You did my Build Your Brave course and you were interested in working with me. And I love you. I think you're amazing. And I was not the right person. And that was so hard to say. Because now I say it not super frequently, but you know, sometimes people come and, and they need something I can't do, like marketing support. I'm not a marketer or HR expertise. I'm, I don't have HR expertise, but sometimes because it's trauma mm. or running a business, right? I run a business, I am traumatized, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so we talked about it and you boldly went forward and invested in yourself and did so much healing work. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, Heather, until this morning, I didn't understand how how much you valued those conversations we had. And I'm really grateful mm-hmm. that you included me in your book. And then I just get to be a part of your circle, your extended circle. So thank you for trusting me and being someone that I could say the really brave thing to and continuing the relationship afterwards. You are welcome. But there's a huge challenge um, for me is I have a ginormously extended team. Yeah, you do. And my developmental editor was like, who are all these people? Get all these names out of the book. I can keep all your characters straight, blah, blah, blah. So literally, like, I had to cut a gazillion names out of my book because they're like, all these people can't possibly, she said to me, all of these people can't possibly be this important to you. And I wrote her back and I said, you're wrong. Yeah. All of these people are exactly this important to me. And she's like, well, some of that's just going to have to move out to the acknowledgements. And she was right to do so, right? Like, because it, you, there are so right. many beautiful tributaries that come in. And it is clear that you fiercely love yourself. And it gives us mm-hmm. the ability to fiercely love you and love on you. Thank you. But without you saying, um, I, I, trauma counseling would be really good I have to tell you that I I would not recommend doing trauma counseling while developmental editing a memoir however (laughs) a lot of rewrites (laughs) developmental editing a memoir where you start by just you know telling stories about your cat you're going into the deep dive of I was suicidal like it's hard enough. And then you put EMDR counseling on the other, you know, in the middle of all of that, where I would leave an hour's worth of Zoom counseling and go to bed and curl up and cry for an hour. Yeah. So trying to do those two things simultaneously was really, was really not, a, not a fantastic choice for my own mental health. It was, it was hard. To the point where I had to give up drinking because it was so hard. Wow. Yeah. In order to feel the feels. Yeah. And not numb out all of the feels and really commit to doing the work and allowing myself to be curled up in a ball for an hour crying after therapy. And then going back into my book and going, okay, well, what? And just vomiting all over pages. Kind of sometimes what it feels like, but that's what was needed. Yeah. So, but thank you for saying, yeah, like, okay, I'm like, ooh, I hadn't thought about trauma counseling, but yes. <laughs> so, thank you, and thank you for the kick in the butt. Oh, it was so much that. love, and I'm, I, and now I'm like grateful because this book that you put into the world is much. It's much more you, it's raw, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And 
I am hard pressed to think of a single person in my life who would not benefit from diving in and out of it. And I really, you know me, I give hard feedback. I give loving feedback. And it is, it is, we benefited from your suffering. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's awesome. You know, if it'll pay for my motorhome so I can like, you know, disconnect from the world and go roaming, then awesome. Then so I will have space and time to write my next book. Deal. Was that too self-serving? I apologize. I there's no apologies over here. We get paid <laughs> for our labor in my space. <laughs> so We've covered so many brave moments and there are so many brave role models inside of your book. I'm just wondering if there is anyone that you want to mention specifically on the podcast. Well, I have two. I actually have like 60, but (laughs) I mean, each character in my book. Yeah. Each and. And I call them characters only because that's how other people are calling them. Yes. Yeah. Because to me, they're real people. Right. Right. Because this is a memoir. So they are actually real people. Real people. (laughs) Although everyone else sees them as characters wandering in and out of my story. So the, there are so many brave people. Teresa, who starts the book, Mm. who didn't think she was being brave, just thought she was being silly. But had a brave step up moment. Can I just cliffhanger that and let people yeah, go find that? Yeah, let's cliffhanger that because that was one of the moments where I was like, whoa, this is a very different book. Yes, let's yeah, cliffhanger. So right. Teresa. Erica. Yeah. Our friend, our friend Erica. Yeah. Right? Who is completely completely reinvented her life completely yeah my friend gail Mm. who's in the book who also said an amazing thing to me which taken out of context is the most horrible thing you could ever say to somebody but she has also completely reinvented her life going from military to single mom to rocketing up the ranks of civil service and being the chief enterprise architect for health and human services for a while and had an office at the pentagon that's amazing and when we meet her in my book she's an undergraduate but she's five years older than i am and so her bravery to do all of that and take in her mother yeah incredible I loved my mother but Mm -hmm. I could not have done that for her yeah with her I could not have done that and so Gail's bravery just astonishes me daily we are still in in deep connection so yeah those are the those are the three Beautiful. That I want to call out. Thank you so much. And for for reinvention purposes, right? For saying the thing, for being who they truly are inside. Is there yeah. anything that we did not touch on that you want to make sure the listeners experience or hear? Anything we didn't touch on? We touched on a lot, but anything we didn't. Just because the book's over doesn't mean that the story's over. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. There are more stories. I was asked yesterday how it was that I was able to be so vulnerable and how I was able to be so raw. And I missed the opportunity to say counseling and a good developmental editor. <laughs> Instead, I actually said it's because I came from a military family and my mother was a damn Yankee. Like, <laughs> which is also true. Mm. But having a team, there are two things that I want to leave your people with right mm-hmm. there all of this teamwork that makes the dream work is all fine and gushy but understand that 
there are people in your life who will come in and rescue you no matter the cost. I talk about it a lot in my book. And I saw it on this. I just finished a 22 day road trip with my fiance. Mm -hmm. And we're still talking. So. <laughs> Good on us. For like 22 days in the car, 4,826 miles. Oh, dear goodness. Wow. Oh, Incredible. right. Yeah. Incredible. We had vehicle issues in Louisville, which was actually the last place I lived. Right. Right. Here's the quick version of what happened. There was a trailer hitch in the road that we straddled because it was the only option because we were in a construction zone about to take a cloverleaf turn. Oh and gosh. the vehicle in front of us had straddled it, but it was high and we were driving a low riding accessible van. Oh. We ended up dragging it around the corner. <laughs> oh no. It punctured the oil pan. Oh, and heavens. injured, injured is not the right word, damaged the power steering line. Oh man, that's really important for the accessibility on the van though. Oh, oh, oh. It punctured, punctured the oil pan is a really bad thing what the yeah. we managed to limp it to the hotel it got towed away but what was amazing to me was I had friends and we had been planning to have dinner together mm -hmm. and I started texting them going we have vehicle issues we're not making dinner and one of them is like where are you I'm bringing supplies okay yeah. and yeah she showed up with a bottle of basil Hayden bourbon which would bet which had been her daddy's label and her daddy had just passed away a 12-pack of yingling beer, a four-pack of vodka seltzers, oh. a bag of Cheetos, a bag of pretzels, and three kinds of chocolate. Because Paula, <laughs> she brought provisions. Oh, okay. my gosh. <laughs> and I had another friend who came, and he brought his tools and, and a jack, like, to oh, look at wow. our and. I called the local mobility dealer to see if there was a rental. And the owner of the company yeah. had a rental brought down from Indianapolis for us. Wow. So people I didn't even know who were on my team yep. rallied. Yep. Rallied. Yep. And I had gone all the way to Louisville to take my fabric for my wedding dress to the sewing professional who is building my wedding dress for me. Yeah. People are like, why would you go all the way to Louisville? Well, that's where my person is. She happens to be across the river in Indiana, but she and her and her guy came to me. Mm. And we did measures in the hotel room. Yeah. Beautiful. And so then Paul gets to meet Lisa. And so watching and so we had a hard landing, like we had a really rough patch, but we were given a really soft place to land. Yeah. We were surrounded by my people, watching I, people was, was amazing to me. And I hear you about, you were given a soft space and I, yes. And you created that, but you also receive it. You receive it in a way that- is unique and special. And I wasn't going to say this, but now I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Your ability to receive is one of the reasons you are a brave role model for me. And I was sharing a while ago about my struggles to receive. It's very hard for me to receive. It's very easy for me to be like, oh, welcome. Thank you. Or like, spin flowers or right. And then just move on. It's very hard for me to receive. And I was asked to think of some people who I can look towards as people who truly receive. And you do. You really do. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm like, my entire body is vibrating because it was very vulnerable and scary to say. So brave it, brave this bitch up. <laughs> Dude, that was very brave of you. I know you enough to know 
how hard that was for you. And I am honored by your bravery. We choose who we are every day. That is correct. That is correct. I believe in a world where we choose who we are. Every day. And even more than that, in a moment, like I've had some situations where this happened a lot on the summer holiday. We were in Germany, we were in Europe for four weeks and we traveled for two of them and it was amazing. And, you know, every once in a while, my kids are kidding, right? They're just being kids. And I was losing it. And then in the middle, I'd be like, stop, this is not who I am. I am choosing not to yell, to yell less. And I'm going to do that 2% shift. So it's not even every day. It's also in this moment, right? Like I just chose to be really brave and now the sweat is rolling down my back, right? But we choose in the moment as well. Wow. And and it's a choice you get to make. Yes. People feel, yes. people allow themselves to feel confined by previous activities, circumstances, choices, environments people people's voices in their head they choose to be confined by those things and they don't understand that that's the choice that they're making yes but you can yes. choose differently moment by moment yes and i mean i can choose to be angry and upset about the fact that you know i punched myself in the face three times trying to get this dress on over my head okay or I can go, okay, I didn't have to call a neighbor. Right. Despite the fact that I punched myself in the face four times, at least I got it done. The reason I'm laughing so hard is because I walked right into my closet door the other day because I was getting dressed and trying to walk out and I slammed into the door. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? It's just the really annoying stuff. And you can just go, wow, really awful and annoying. Or you can let it ruin your whole day. That's right. Or you can choose to fall to the ground and laugh at yourself for a while. Right. I, I have a bruise about the size of my thumb on my hip where I just slammed into the door. why do you have so much dewy makeup on it's like i'm trying to cover up the like bruise that's forming on my face from where i whacked myself oh heather you are a joy i am so grateful I, this is just such a precious conversation and i am so excited to share it with other people so to remind all of the listeners it's linked in the show notes and rough waters from Surviving to Thriving with a Progressive Muscular Dystrophy by Heather C. Markham. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Heather, for being so beautifully brave with us and sharing your story and then your voice with us. Thank you for allowing me your space. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you for this friendship that we have this connection. Nicole told a story a while back where she remembers that we met a long time ago and that wasn't awesome. And I don't have that memory, which is a good thing. So know that when you're choosing um, to interact with people, they have may have different memories than you and that's okay. I love that you did that five word thing Challenge your people. Go do that. Go see what happens. I don't know. That is okay, such a just... good idea. Let's do that. You guys have two pieces of homework, listeners. One, buy the book. Two, <laughs> share your five words. Let's get this going. You can email me. You can reach out to me over social media. You can reach out to Heather over social media. That is such a good inspiration. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, until next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Before you go, you can deepen and expand what you're experiencing here on the Celebrate Brave podcast by working directly with me. 
through bespoke, results-oriented one-on-one coaching that is rooted in my proven Build Your Brave framework. As of the last client survey completed in Q1 2023, 75% of my clients from the past two years report they reached their unique goal. 100% of my clients, yes, 100% report they stress less as a result of working with me. 56% report working less and 43% report earning more. You learn how to spend less time ruminating and stressing yourself out by getting clearer and calmer within a mindset approach that is simple, effective, and specific to you. Then we work together to end the habit of overworking and overproducing by crafting a plan of momentum specific to your goals and strengths. I support you as you execute your plan, including the skills and knowledge necessary to succeed in your own accountability. And finally, you step away from the all-too-common pattern of under-earning and make the shifts towards being well-paid in your industry, using the clarity and momentum to ensure you become the woman you want to be at work and in your life for real. Go to tricksteinbach.com to learn more and schedule your free, no obligation consultation. Link in the show notes. You can stress and work less while you earn and live more by building the skill of bravery. Talk soon.